We're in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, starting in verse 28. Mark, chapter 12, starting in verse 28, and we'll be going through verse 34. We'll title this message, The Most Important Thing That You Can Do. Mark 12, starting in verse 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, Perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said unto him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared to question him. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that as we look at your word this morning that you'll Your spirit will open up our eyes to behold these wonderful truths out of your word. Father, I pray that your spirit would even open up the cold heart, maybe the hard heart, the cynical heart, maybe even the pharisaical heart. Father, and that your word would Fan a flame. Your spirit would fan a flame within us that we would have a greater love for you and a greater love for one another. That our heart's desire might be like the heart's desire of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who, Father, we know is the only one who was ever able to love you in this way and to love others in this way. And Father, may he be our example. May we try to follow his example in our life. Father, I pray that this truth would be exemplified in all of our lives here at this church, all the believers that are gathered together in this place. And, Father, that you would help us to grow in this. Be with us now, Father, in this hour. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So what's the most important thing that you can do? If you were to ask that question to a group of people, you might get a lot of different answers. And the answer depends upon... I think your understanding of the Lord and the understanding of the Word. If you don't have an understanding of who the Lord is and you don't have an understanding of of what the Word says, then you might be of the opinion that many are today that the most important thing that you can do is to love yourself. Because that's what we really see. When we look at the world, we see that the most important thing to most people is themselves. The most important thing is to, to love yourself, to esteem yourself, to do whatever that you want to do. And we've talked about this before. It's the reason that we see so many things in our day and time that are grievous to us and an abomination to the Lord is because... People have made self God and they have removed God totally from any 
sphere in their life, their education, their job, their family, their communities. They have removed God from all of that, and their God is the God of self. And the most important thing to them is to do whatever makes them happy. Do whatever makes you happy. And that's kind of the culture in which we live in today. It's the culture in which you live in every day. The culture is screaming to you, do whatever makes you happy. Esteem yourself. Spend time on yourself. Work for yourself. Gain as much as you can in this world. Things, popularity, fame, security, all these things for yourself so that you'll be happy and you'll have everything that you want and you'll live a good life. That's kind of a general summation of the most important thing to those who don't know the Lord. But I'm not up here to tell you about what the most important thing is. If you don't know the Lord, you can choose what that is. But the Bible says, and Jesus makes it once again clear today, that the most important thing that we can do is love the Lord. And the second thing is to love others. This is the most important thing that we can do. It's the, it's the most important thing that you can do every day of your life. Every day that you wake up, the most important thing for you to do that day is to love God with all your being and love others like you love yourself as much as you love yourself. And so I think before we can understand, you know, this great importance of, of this greatest commandment or this most important commandment is we've got to understand our nature. We've got to understand our sinfulness and we've got to understand our tendency, what our tendency is going to be and what we're going to have to fight against. If this is the most important thing for us, if Jesus says this is the greatest commandment, if this is the sum of all the commandments and this is what God requires of you, you've got to understand what you're going to have to fight against in order to be able to strive to do that. You've got to realize that your greatest problem is yourself. <laughs> your greatest problem is sin that dwells within you. That what sin wants is sin wants it to be all about you. It wants to be all about what, what you want. It wants to be focused on, on me, myself, and I. And so we have to fight against that every day. What do, what do I want? What do what, what makes me happy? What, what do I love? Or what, what do I want just for those closest to me? And we can be so narrow-minded. We can be so self-consumed and so self-focused that we miss out on what is the most important thing. And so we've got to understand our sin nature. We've got to understand that sin separates us from the Lord. It separates us from being able to love Him with all of our being. And so you have passages like in Isaiah 59 that says, but your iniquities, your, your disobedience, your rebellion, your selfishness have separated you between you and your God. You're not being able to love God with your whole being because you're consumed with yourself and it's leading to disobedience. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So we've got to understand that. We know that we have to be born again. We have to have the Holy Spirit in order to be able to love God with our whole being. Well, not only do we have to understand that, but we have to understand who the Lord is. You've got to understand who you are that you're born with a sinful nature and that you continue to have that all the days of your life. And you've got to fight against that. You've got to understand that. You've got to acknowledge that. You've got to see your selfishness. You've got to admit your selfishness and be able to die to it. Paul says, I've got to die daily. 
I've got to crucify the old man daily. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross daily. And so many times I know in my own life, I'm not doing that daily like I should. So we've got to do a better job if we're going to love God supremely, like Jesus is telling us to do. We've got to hate the sin in our hearts. But second of all, like I said, we've got to know who the Lord is. You can stay focused on yourself and how great a sinner you are and how selfish you are, but you're not going to love God with all your being unless you see the Lord for who He is. And so, as we've said here many times, for every look at yourself, you've got to take ten looks at the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to take a hundred looks. You've got to take a thousand looks at the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time that you see your imperfections and you see your selfishness, you've got to look at the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to look at the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to look at the perfect love of the Lord Jesus Christ that He has for you. And you've got to dwell and meditate upon that. And I think when we do that, it will remove so much of the selfishness within us. And the more that we see of Christ, the more that we see of God, the more that we know Him, the more that we love Him. Isn't that true? The more that, that you read about Him and His character and who He is, like the books that we're reading, the things that we're studying together as a church family, the more you're hearing this and reading this, and we're saying this to one another, It's building up more love for Him with our whole being. We're becoming more passionate about this love that He has for us and that we should have for Him. So the most important thing that you can do is to love the Lord your God with your whole being and to love others as yourself. And so we see that that is the question uh, that is brought is... What is the most important thing? So we really have four headings in our text today. First is the scribe's question. And then the second heading is Jesus' answer to the question. And then we have the scribe's response to Jesus' answer. And then we have Jesus' response to his answer, the scribe's answer. So first, what about this question? This kind of the question we're asking just in a little bit different way this morning. It says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceived that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? What is the first commandment of all? And what he's asking here is, What is the greatest commandment? Which of all the 613 commandments that we have in the, in the law. Which one of them is number one? Which one of them is the greatest? And there was debate among the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious sects. They had divided up the commandments into greater and lesser commandments. Right? Ones that are, hey, these are the most important these have less importance. That's what man does, right? And, and part of this, I think, is when you think about trying to keep 613 commandments, that could be overwhelming. And so you, you want to say, well, what do I need to make sure that I'm keeping because I know that I can't keep 613 commandments? So there, I think there's some in this question about that. Now, if you go to Matthew, in Matthew's account, in Matthew 22, you see that this, in this whole series of these questions that are being brought to Jesus, remember, they were gathering together. They wanted to be able to uh, trap Jesus into saying something they could have him to accuse him of. And so this is a part of that which has been going on. Remember, it started back in, in, in the first part of this chapter. It says, uh, 
that they came to him and they, they asked if it was lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. So they wanted Jesus to get caught up in this political debate of, of whether it was lawful for the Jews to have to pay taxes to the Romans. And we know Jesus uh, answered that with such great wisdom and they marveled at him. But it says that they came with this hoping to have him something to accuse him of and to trap him, tempting him. Every time they come with these questions, it says that they were tempting him. And if you read in Matthew's account, it says that this, this lawyer, this scribe of the Pharisees, came and tempting him, testing him, asked him this question. So there is motivation behind this, which is wrong, but it is a great question that he asks. And it was a question which many of them were asking. And we're rephrasing the question still today. What is the most important thing that you can do? What is the most, what does God want you to do? We know what his word says. We know that there are many commands. There are many exhortations. There are many things that it says you should do. And there are many things that it says you shouldn't do. But if we were to sum it up, right? If we were to say, what's the most important thing? What would it be? And that's what he's saying. What is the most important commandment? What is, what is the greatest? What is that, of, 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 that is the most supreme? So this was his question. And Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so, what is Jesus saying? Now, we know he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll go there in just a second. But what is Deuteronomy 6 saying, and what is Jesus reiterating from Deuteronomy chapter 6? This is what I believe that he's saying. He's saying all the commandments are the most important. Right? Because to love your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself, as we see in other passages, is the sum of all of the law and the prophets. Right? It is the summation of all the commandments that... God has given these to us so that we may love Him supremely and that we may love others selflessly. That is the whole point of why God has given us the commandments. And so Jesus is just reiterating this. You want to divide up them up into greater and lesser or most important and least important. And Jesus is saying all of them are important because all of them are for the purpose that you love God with everything that you have and you love other people with everything that you have. And so none of them are not important. All of them are important. And this is the summation of them. And so let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, where he quotes from this. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is known as the Shema or the Shema. Here, from the Hebrew word here. Deuteronomy 6. Where are the children of Israel when this is given? They're in the wilderness, right? God has delivered them from Egypt. He has carried them across the Red Sea and... They, are, they have this 40-year wandering in the wilderness as God is leading them and preparing them to go to the land that He had promised, which is the land of Canaan. And He's given them, at this point, He's given them the law. He's given Moses the law, all of these commandments, all of these things that He has told them that they should do. And 
There's many times that he has to come and remind them of things. Remind them of who God is. Remind them of what God has done. And this is one of the times where we had this recorded where he's reminding them of this. And then, but we have this wonderful passage where this is quoted from. And I think just for, just for time's sake, um, we, have, we have the passage recorded for us in our, in our text. So I don't think I have to read the whole thing there. It's for you to be able to read. But he says the same thing that Jesus quoted from. Jesus adds a little bit to it, but it's, um, it's the same thing. I actually want to get um, the Bible from the pew real quick. I do want to go there. Deuteronomy 6. So this is on page 213 in your pew Bible. 213. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. That you might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you in the land that flows with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, The Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently unto your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and upon thy gates. This is the summation of all the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments that God had given them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And Jesus says, with all your mind. But didn't you notice how it kept talking about what? The heart. The heart. And so this is something that we've got to understand and what Jesus is trying to communicate to the scribe and what he's communicating to others. That it's not about a list of rules and regulations. It's not saying these are the top ten things that you've got to do. He says this is about your heart and whether or not you are loving the Lord your God with your heart and with your soul and with your strength, and with your mind, with your whole being. And he keeps saying, your heart. This is about your heart. This is about your heart. And he keeps having to remind them over and over again about that. So I want to look at a few more passages. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Verse 12. And now Israel... What does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, to keep his commandment, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good, for thy good. God gave us the law, God gave us the commandments. For our good. Because through them we're able to love Him. We're able to love others as He has called us to do. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 
God once again reminding them of the promise that He had made to lead them to the land which they would possess. Verse 5, And the Lord thy God will bring you into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And He will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise your heart. And the heart of your seed to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. What is it going to mean for them to possess the land of Canaan? What is it, what is it going to look like in their daily life? What's going to be the most important thing that they can do when they get to Canaan and they start to live there? Love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength every day in front of all of the other ites and among all the people there, all the people of God, that you may live this way. And so he just keeps reminding them it's about loving the Lord your God and it's about loving one another. Leviticus 19 So on page 138, verse 17, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in your heart. Thou shalt, not, thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. You shall not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. Man, even back in the Old Testament, you weren't allowed to hold grudges. And then we come in the New Testament and it tells us the same thing, right? Don't hold a grudge. Don't hold hatred in your heart. But what? But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. To hold a grudge against someone, to have hatred against someone, is to not love them as you love yourself. Right? You're going to forgive yourself when you make mistakes, when you do wrong. You forgive yourself, right? You don't hold a grudge against yourself. You don't oftentimes stay angry day and night at yourself. And so, he says, don't do that against your brother. To love him is to forgive. To love him is to not hold a grudge. To love him like you love yourself. And he says, I am the Lord, and you shall keep my statutes. So just reminding them, to keep the statutes, to keep the commandments, is to love the Lord your God, and is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now let's turn to the New Testament, because this is echoed over and over again in the New Testament. And we don't have the time to turn to all of these, but these are just examples that you have that show us without a shadow of a doubt that this is what they understood to be the most important thing. We have another occasion where a man comes to Jesus in Luke chapter 10. And he asks him a little bit different of a question, but the answer is really the same. Luke 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer, so here's a scribe again asking a question stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do? What do I need to do? What are the list of rules that I need to keep in order to inherit eternal life? So Jesus first, he said, Well, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, He answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He understood this. He understood what it was saying. And he said unto this, and Jesus said unto him, you have answered correctly. You have answered right. This do, and you shall live. 
To know God means to love God. And it means that you have a desire to want to keep His commandments. And that in keeping His commandments, you show that you do love Him. And you love others. You love your neighbor as yourself. Well, went on. He tried to justify who was his neighbor. But the answer was still the same. The most important thing that you can do is to love the Lord your God with your whole being and to love your neighbor as yourself. Paul writes about this. James writes about this. Peter writes about this. Jude writes about this. It is echoed throughout the whole New Testament that the distinguishing mark of a believer is that they love God with everything that they have and they love others as Christ has loved them. And so we go to the book of John and in Jesus' last days, his teaching with the disciples, he puts an emphasis and a focus on this teaching about how we can love God. And we'll get to that in a second, but how do we love God How is God glorified in us? Well, Jesus says it's when we love one another as He loved us. John 13, verse 33. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one toward another. Jesus saying, how you're going to show that you know God, how you're going to show that you know the Father, how you're going to show that that you love Him is you're going to love each other like I have loved you and like I continue to love you. So as we think about that, what's the most important thing that we can do is to love God with all our whole being and to love others as He has loved us. Well, what kind of love is that, right? That's the next thing you would ask. If, if, our, if the greatest thing that we can do is love God supremely and to love others selflessly, then what kind of love are we talking about? And we've studied this before, but it's the kind of love that God has within the Trinity. And it's the love that has overflowed into His creation. It's the love that has overflowed into His Special people. He loves them with His whole being. He loves them with everything that He has. Like we read in our text today, we can't even count, we can't even think about, we can't even describe the overflowing love of God that He has for us. He loves us with everything that He is. Every, all the love that was, that's in the Trinity and that was in the Trinity spilled over into loving us. And Jesus is saying, if you have that kind of love in you, if you have experienced that kind of love, then that's going to flow from breast to breast. That's going to flow from person to person. And you're going to love each other this way. And so this is why there's such an emphasis on the New Testament, on loving one another, loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. And what that means, it means this, that the same kind of love that God has showed me, I've got to show to others. Well, what kind of love is that? It's loving with everything that you have. It's loving with all your heart, your emotions, your feelings, the deepest part in you, your innermost being. It's loving it with all your soul, your spirit, your fervor, your, your, your fervor, with all your strength, all the power that you have, all the physical capabilities that you have. You're pouring into one another. And then with your mind, the way that you think, you think about others. And you use your mind for the benefit of others and not just yourself. 
You see, we can be so self-consumed and so self-absorbed in our own minds about just ourselves. Might even come down to, what are you reading right now? What are you thinking and meditating upon? Is it just about yourself? Or is what you're reading, are you thinking about others? How can I use this in my family? How can I use this in my brothers and sisters at the church? How can I use this with those that I work with? How can I use this with my friends? See, you are loving others with your mind. And so this is how you know that you are filled with the love of God because when you're filled with the love of God, John says in his epistle, when you are filled with the love of God, you will love your brothers and sisters in Christ with that same kind of love. And he says... If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? Which, the keeping of the commandments is to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So you're loving God by keeping His commandments because you love God. And you love God by loving others the way that He has loved you. And so how do you show someone that you love them? How do we love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind? Well, we think about Him. We meditate in His Word. We spend time with the Lord. We take time and set it aside to spend in communion with Him. We know just in marriage relationships that if we don't spend time with our spouse, the love is not as strong. And even if you do love them, and even if you say that you love them, but yet if you're not spending time with them and investing in them, we know that they don't feel that love, right? And that love doesn't flow and is not as strong. And so Jesus is saying, the most important thing that you can do is love God, and the way that you do this is you do it with your whole being, not just half-hearted, right? Don't just love God with half your heart and a quarter of your mind and and maybe whatever strength you have left over. Love God with that. No, love God with everything that you have. Your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole strength, your whole mind. This is Jesus' answer to him of what is the most important commandment. And it's the fulfillment of all the commandments. In the other text it says, To love your God with your whole heart, your whole strength, and your whole mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It says, on these hang all the law and the prophets. And so, I don't know, maybe maybe you're built a similar way, or maybe you think a, a similar way to this scribe thought or others think, in that you want to think, well, what are the most important commandments? Maybe we take the Ten Commandments and we say, well, that, that, we've got to make sure that we're doing. We've got to make sure that we don't have any other gods before Him and we don't take His name in vain and we don't make any graven images and bow down to them. And you go through that and you might even say, well, what's the most important commandment in the Ten Commandments? The most important thing, brothers and sisters, is that you love God. And you love God because you know God. What you need the most is to know God. And in knowing God, the more you know Him, the more you love Him. And the more you love Him and know Him, the more you'll love other people as He has loved you. And I think the more that you know Him, the more that you love Him, and the more that that leads to loving other people, I think it it leads to loving yourself a lot less. And that's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to Get out of the way. So, he, so this question was, what is the most important commandment? Jesus says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your strength, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what was the, what was the response to this from the scribe? He said, Jesus, you answered well. You answered rightly. And then he just sums up the same thing. 
and then even add something to it. Verse 32, And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, is to love his neighbor, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, why do you think he said that? Because there were those in his day and time who were saying, you know, the sacrifices, the temple worship, the tithing, the, all the rules and regulations, the washings and all of that, all of what would have been considered in the Old Testament as sacrifices and whole burnt offerings, right? This is the most important thing. But he, he agreed with the Lord Jesus Christ that to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. You can go through rituals, you can go through customs, you can sacrifice all day long and not love God and not love others. It can just be done for totally selfish reasons. And we do the same thing today, right? We have Christians who check off the list. I read my Bible, I went to church, I gave the money to the church, I I, I sponsored an orphan, I went on a mission trip. Checking all of these things off, thinking that makes them right with God or that's the most important thing that they could be doing. But each and every day as they wake up and where they work at and with their family and having a local church, they are not loving God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. And they're not loving their neighbor as their self. And so they're really far from God. And then Jesus' answer to him, he says, And when Jesus saw that he had answered discreetly, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Now, we could talk about that, we could discuss that, we could debate about what exactly Jesus meant there. But I know what he didn't say. He didn't say, you are in the kingdom of God. He said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. It's one thing to know the truth. It's one thing to know what's the most important thing. And it's another thing to be doing it because you're born again of the Holy Spirit. And maybe that's what he was saying. You're not far because you have the knowledge, you understand this And what I'm saying, but it hasn't yet become real in your life, right? You haven't seen a change in your heart, in your life. And so we've got to ask ourselves that question today as we're coming to the conclusion of this today. Do you see in your life that you're loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind? And that you're loving your neighbor as yourself? If you were to examine your life, if I'm to examine my life and look at our daily routines, our weekly routines, and our monthly and yearly routines, are we seeing that what's important to us is loving God supremely with our whole being and loving others selflessly? Or is it that we love ourselves supremely and we're sacrificing for ourselves? rather than others. Well, just some scriptures to encourage you to continue in this because I know many of you here and I know that this is what you're about. You love God with your whole being. Now, there's a difference in loving God with your whole being, like having that desire and then being able to do it perfectly. None of us and no one has ever been able to do this perfectly except for one person, and that is Jesus. 
He is the only one who loved God with all of his heart, soul, strength, and mind and loved his neighbor as himself without sin. But this is your desire if you're born again. You want to love God and you love God with everything that you have. You don't always do it perfectly and you have to fight against that sinful nature which is so selfish. But here's the great news. Jesus did it for you. He kept the law perfectly in this way that he kept all the commandments in loving God with his, all his heart, soul, strength, and mind and loving his neighbor as himself. He fulfilled the law for you in that you could not do it. So don't think, well, I haven't done this, so I can't be right with God. Yes, you can, because Jesus did it for you. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Jesus loved God with his whole being, and he loved others selflessly, therefore fulfilling God's requirement of the law for you. And so if you're born again by the Spirit of God, and you are justified by this faith in Jesus Christ, then it's as you have loved the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself, like you've done it perfectly. And now you are free to try to do it in your life the best that you can through God's help. And so this is why the encouragement is given in the Scriptures to do this. Galatians chapter 5, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't try to earn God's love, earn God's favor by keeping rules and regulations. You have God's love, you have God's favor, therefore you are free to try to love Him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's a difference. And then you go on down to verse 13. For brethren... You have been called unto liberty. Why has God freed you? Why has God given you His Spirit? Why is He teaching you from His Word? Not so that you can live any way that you want to live. Not so that just you can, and you and your family can be happy. He's freed you so that you may serve Him by serving others. You have been called into liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. You haven't been given liberty so you can be selfish and do whatever you want to do. But by love, serve one another. Right? By love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Most important thing you can do is to love your spouse, is to love your children, is to love your friends, is to love your coworkers, is to love your church members, is to love all that you can with the love that God has loved you with. And so... You might not be a rich person in the world's eyes. You might not be an intelligent person in the world's eyes. You you might not be a successful business person in the world's eyes. You might not be a famous person in the world's eyes. You might not be the most athletic or the most gifted or talented. You might not be the best musician. You might not be the best singer. But you can be the best lover of men and women's souls by serving them. Praying for them. Spending time with them. Giving of your resources, your money, to help them. Caring about them. These are the practical ways that we do this. And so it's not, as James says, it's not just saying that we love them. He says, don't just love in word only, but in deed and in truth. The greatest kind of love is the love that's shown. Right? And God 
commended His love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He showed us His love. God showed us His love, not just telling us He loved us, but He gave His only begotten Son, His one and only Son, His precious Son. God gave Himself for you. Even though you didn't deserve it. Not only did did you not deserve it, but you deserved His wrath and His justice, and yet He gave you His grace and His mercy. That is love. And so we think about this practically, just ending this. The greatest thing that you can do, brothers and sisters, and the greatest thing that I can do, is we can love others who are not worthy of our love. You know, none of us see this idea, this air of arrogance and pride says that we deserve, you know, people's admiration. We deserve people's affection. We deserve people's love. And we're so selfish in this way. And a lot of, even a lot of the love and, and service that I do is oftentimes hoping that it will be reciprocated. But the kind of love that God is talking about here, it is caring deeply about someone. It is being affectionately moved to help someone and to do something for someone without ever expecting anything in return. And not only that, but even if they have sinned against you, even if they are looking ugly and even if they are looking horrible, yet you love them still. That is the greatest thing that you could do. And that's hard. I know I need this kind of love. And I'm thankful that God has put people in my life, this church, my spouse, my children, friends and family, that has always loved me and continues to love me, even when I have been unloving or unlovable. That's why we need the church. That's why we need the community. That's what the body of Christ is about. Now, we want to do all things in decency and order. We want to have the right doctrine. We want to have the right practice. But this is what it comes down to. Are we going to love God supremely and others selflessly? This is the greatest commandment. So I pray that God would help us to do the most important thing, that we would be less selfish, less consumed with the things of this world, and we would do what... The Apostle John said in his epistle, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He says, whoever loves these things, the love of the Father is not in him. So let us not love the world. Let us not be conformed to the world. Let us love God supremely. And let us love one another as he has loved us.